Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a problem. Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Welcome to the Ball Blast Podcast. Here to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Kay Majuk, Michelle Majuk, and Jake Trowbridge. Ayo! Ayo! Welcome into Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast, where it's our goal to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. I'm your host, Michelle Majuk, researcher for the NFL Network, and I'm joined by Kate Majuk, senior content creator at the Gaming Society, and Jake Trowbridge, contributor with Matthew Barry's Fantasy Life. What's up, guys? We're in the week five. Like, we're mid-season, pretty much, right? It, like, we're in the thick of it. The thickest thick of it. And based on all of the news and notes that we have coming up, it's not a good thickness to be in. Listen, one of my leagues, my two starting running backs are Jonathan Taylor and Javante Williams. So it it, it hurts. It hurts. And it hurts also yeah. because they didn't do anything really in their games before going down. So week week four was not fun for me. Was it good for you guys? <laughs> I don't have Jonathan Taylor or Javante Williams, but it was still bad for me. Uh, <laughs> Kate, did you have to mitigate through any injuries? No, I like you guys know Javante Williams was not my bag in terms of price tag this off season. So didn't have to deal with too many Javante Williamses. And then, it, you know, it, I, 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 you know, I, I did my thing. I, I'm kind of rocking it in fantasy this year. I don't know what to tell you guys. <laughs> The humblest uh, of brags right there. Yeah, like two out of my three weeks went 14 and two. Like I, I wow, just don't good know. Good for you, Kate. Or two out of <laughs> two out of four weeks, I went 14 and two. And I'm just kind of like cruising, still undefeated in Scott Fishbowl, still undefeated. Woo. And I think I'm one of like 90 players left. I had to start Ooh. Mitch Trubisky last week in a Scott Fishbowl. So that's just bad planning. I'm, I'm doing wonderful. Like I'm not tilting at all. I'm just, you know, I'm killing it out here. It'll be all right. Cause we're going to talk killing it. it. Do you mean killing your record mm-hmm. in Scottfish? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excellent. We have so many player notes to get to this week with injury. So let's just hop straight into it. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. First off here, I mentioned this to start, but Javante Williams, it's official. He tore his ACL that happened in last week's game. Now we have to figure out what to do with the Broncos backfield. Now that Javante Williams is gone. I'm personally all in on Melvin Gordon. I think he gets a big workload from here on out as long as he can stay healthy. But many people are buying into that. Mike Boone is going to get a good chunk of work and that he could be good for fantasy. They went and signed Latavius Murray and some people are interested in him. Like I'm all in on Melvin Gordon. I don't really care for Mike Boone or Murray. Jake, what are your thoughts? Uh, Well, if Melvin Gordon 
can hang on to the ball, then maybe he'll actually be useful for fantasy. Uh, you know, you started Javante Williams last week, Michelle. I started Melvin Gordon. And because our league has negative five points for losing a fumble, I lost my week. So thanks, Melvin. Negative five points? Negative five. Write the commissioner. Every listener should be writing my commissioner to have that changed. But aside from that, I do think that he will get the, the lion's share of the backfield. It's like, yeah, I get it. They're bringing in a couple of other guys. Those two guys added together do not make one Javante Williams. So I'm not really afraid for Gordon. What about Mike Boone? Because I felt like everyone used a priority this week. I'm picking him up. I personally used it on Caleb Huntley. We'll talk about him in a second. Obviously, if Tyler Algier was out there, that's someone else you'd be looking at as well. But he was rostered in many leagues. But when you're looking at Mike Boone, like, yes, you think Melvin Gordon's the lead guy but do you think Mel, uh, Boone will get enough touches to be useful in fantasy whatsoever Kate no can somebody please explain Mike Boone to me like I'm five like I'm I'm so confused by this because even Javante Williams like yes he was getting the receiving work but even Javante Williams with Melvin Gordon in the backfield like who everybody thinks is such a big step down was still losing work to Melvin Gordon like do we really think that Mike Boone is on a level that's comparable to Melvin Gordon? Like, I'm going to say there's a big tear break between Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon, sure. But I still think there's a really big tear break between Melvin Gordon and Mike Boone. And maybe that's just me, but like, I don't get it. I I didn't put in a singer, sing, singer, single claim on Mike Boone. I, I don't know. Did you, Jake? No, I I actually knew everybody was going to spend a lot of fab on him. So I was like, well, I'll throw a Why couple of bucks at Murray. Because here's what happened last week, right? Javante goes out. Melvin Gordon has that fumble. Mike Boone comes in and they go on like the 19 snaps that he played. Well, look at those three targets, which one of them was a terrible drop that, you know, Melvin Gordon would have caught. But they saw him get work in the few opportunities that he had in there. And they're like, Mike Boone's the guy. But other than that, I don't know. Yeah, uh, so I guess this podcast is saying Melvin Gordon or bust. Like, we're going all in on Melvin mm-hmm. Gordon. I'm starting him this week. I'm fine with it. I'm happy with it. What, you guys agree? Yeah, yeah, and this offense, like, in general, guys, like, not an offense that I generally, like, I generally like. So, I I don't know. So, that it's goes, just- are you playing Melvin Gordon or yes? One, yes, yes no? but okay. I'm just saying, like, okay. I'll take Melvin Gordon, but this is a really gross situation to begin with. So I'm not going to then start the gross running back in Mike Boone. Okay. Jonathan Taylor. I would like to thank you. Hey, he has been ruled out due to an ankle injury and he plays on Thursday. Like he would have played on Thursday night because that's when the Colts play. I have Jonathan Taylor in a, in a big league of mine. And I was stressing whether like, if he's active, you play him, right? So I'm personally thankful that he's sitting out and also that this is a Thursday night game. That's why they marked him out for sure. He gets 10 week, ten days to, you know, get better before next week and maybe he can play. But I'm personally thankful for it. Are you playing Naheem Hines versus the Broncos, Jake? Yeah, mostly just due to how awful the running back situation is overall, where if you find somebody who can hopefully step into the majority role in the backfield and they have even a halfway respectable matchup, then I feel like you have to go with him. And Naeem Hines, 
we've seen him actually do pretty decent when he's been forced to carry the the main role there. So I'm okay with it. I just don't get like it, his usage this year, like kind of surprises me. Like he really has just been in that receiving role and only that receiving role, which it, I, I don't know. It, it kind of surprised me. I really thought we'd see him get more actual carries, but like through the first weeks, uh, you know, three carries, one carry, three carries, one carry. Like I really thought we were going to see a safer floor for him in terms of rushing attempts. So I don't know. I, I don't know what to expect without Jonathan Taylor on this team, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if just a random running back comes out of the woodwork and is the guy. I I don't know. I'm not confident in Naeem Hines this week. Cordero Patterson, knee scope, put on IR, so he'll be out at least four weeks. They get the Buccaneers this week, so not a great matchup for running backs. Like, yes, Clyde Edwards-Alaire did his thing, but also, like, the Buccaneers are worried about Patrick Mahomes. It's a little bit different when they're not worried about him. They're a pretty good run defense. So, you know, the Falcons backfield right now looks like Tyler Algier, who looked pretty good last week, or Caleb Huntley, who looked pretty good last week. My worry is that they probably will split. So in this matchup, I don't feel confident playing either, but I'm happy to pick up either and have them on my bench and keep them there just to see how the workload goes. Do you guys agree with me? Yeah, but to me, it's kind of like, a coin toss because I, I truly don't know who they envision as maybe a lead guy or not. So you're just going to have to deal with probably a 50, 50 split and hope that whoever you got lands the touchdown that week, if they can get one. I still think it's Tyler Algier and maybe this is me liking Tyler Algier, but yeah, you can't feel great about either of these guys just given the matchup, but if I have to make a bet on which of these guys ends up with more carries, it's going to be Algier. Yeah, probably. We'll see. Algier looks good in space. Huntley looked better in the short yarded situations. I think they both have a role in this offense and both can be good in the right matchup. Uh, But this is unfortunately, it's not a great matchup. And what does suck even more is next week, they get the 49ers and you don't want to play running backs against them. So two out of the four weeks that Patterson could be gone might be kind of wasted for them, which stinks. David Montgomery uh, did not practice on Wednesday, still dealing with that uh, ankle slash knee injury. But Khalil Herbert, if he gets the chance to start again and play without Montgomery versus the Vikings, another smash fantasy week. Yep. Easy. Easily. Easy. And then if Montgomery does play, like, Cool. I'll play Montgomery. If Montgomery plays, are you still willing to plug in Herbert or then is he just off? Is he unstartable at that point? He's not unstartable. Uh, Again, running backs are real, real bad right now. There is a place for him in your flex if you are desperate, but it is truly a desperation play if Montgomery is out there. I like it. Kadarius, Tony and Wondell Robinson. If you don't know them, it's because they're uh, wide receivers for the Giants that never seem to play ever. Wanda literally doesn't hasn't played for them fairly yet. But they both got in a limited practice on Wednesday. Kenny Galladay has been all but ruled out for Sunday's game. Richie James, who was doing well for a couple weeks, uh, didn't practice today. Their London game versus your Packers. Are you even considering Tony? 
or Robinson if they are active? <sighs> the thing is, this Packers defense, and especially if Jair Alexander is out for another week, which he may be. I haven't seen any news on that. Both of these guys, obviously very big playmakers, big play guys. The Packers defense is susceptible to giving up those big plays. So like I, I like them more, let's say, in best ball than I do in your redraft lineups. You know, they're kind of still dart throws for me because I don't know who I would prefer out of the two. Yeah, you know my love for Tony. Like I, I can't quit him. So if he was active, I would consider playing him just if to get you, burned again. If you guys are in leagues where you need to consider Tony or Wandale Robinson. Listen. Even in a dynasty, I feel like just end the season and tank it because I don't want to rely on either of these guys. I was thinking about trying out at wide receiver for the Giants oh this week. Oh, my like, goodness. This is ridiculous. And I like I they don't even have a quarterback right now. Like Daniel Jones practiced today. He limited. practiced, but he's he's not healthy and they don't have a backup. They're working out backup quarter. I'm trying out for quarterback too. Like this <laughs> this team is a disaster. They're right three now. and one, Kate. Oh my by accident. They'd be like, four and oh if Kate was starting at quarterback slash wide receiver. <laughs> Thank you, Jake. Thank you so much for your vote of confidence. I missed you guys so much last week. <laughs> Jahan Dodson you. for the commanders. Uh he could be out a week or two, according to Ron Rivera with a hamstring injury. Does this give you more confidence in plugging in Terry McLaurin? We all know he's a great talent, but he just, you know, hasn't really been getting it done for fantasy this year besides one week. What are your thoughts on McLaurin if, you know, Dotson is out the next two weeks? Yeah, this opens up a touchdown potential, at least. Scary Terry can maybe find the end zone, which is almost impossible when uh, Jahan Dotson's out there. So, yeah, it gives me a little bit of hope for that. I still am not in love with Terry McLaurin, though, even with him being out. Like, he is still a, a fringe wide receiver, too, at absolute best for me. Yeah, I think I have him ranked at like wide receiver 21 this week. So right there, fringe wide receiver two. Like I don't think he has great upside, but he should be fine without Dotson. It's a nice matchup against Titans. So I'm happy to play him. You probably need to if you have him and I'm I'm cool with it. Did you guys see that picture of like the Washington commanders offensive line blocking each other? Like, like there's like a pass rush going on in the Washington offensive line is literally just they're blocking other offensive linemen and like <laughs> like face to face like this team is a another disaster like what is wrong with you nfc east i just don't <laughs> hey, i don't know we got the undefeated eagles what i know but about? oh my god like it's like the blind leading the blind hey, and in the in the nfc east we have a three and one giants we have the three and one Cowboys, three wins with Cooper Rush, baby. I'm and just the four and oh Eagles. Oh my God. Don't be hating on this <laughs> superior cut. Go, go, go be a fan of the <laughs> NFC East. I'm just, no, I'm just getting wild. It's terrible. Uh, besides the Eagles, they're amazing. All right. And then lastly, to end this news and notes, just some guys to keep an eye on during the week because they, I, uh, they didn't practice on Wednesday, so we have to see, you know, what happens for the rest of the week. Kyle Pitts, hamstring, did not practice on Wednesday. He's been struggling in fantasy as well, so definitely keep an eye on that. Jameis Winston, Michael Thomas, both did not practice on Wednesday. Camara was limited. And then Keenan Allen did not practice for the Chargers. He re-aggravated his injury 
last week. It was a hamstring. He was about to come back and then re-aggravated it. So that's worrisome. Keep an eye on that. And then for the Lions, DeAndre Swift and Amon Ross St. Brown did not practice on Wednesday. If they play, though, like if they end up playing, you just got to plug them back in, right, and just hope for the best. Yeah, you got to let it yeah. ride with these guys. Yeah. yeah, I I just, but, but, what? I don't know. Like, do you really want to let it ride? With Amon Ross St. Brown, yes. I, think, I feel like you have to. It's just because that would be to. too hard for me to see them blow up on my bench. And I just, I'm I not feel emotionally like I'm, adept I'm just at this point where I'm already so sick of these injuries, but I, I don't really have any other options. Like <laughs> I, we are in week five guys. How did we get here? So many injuries, but we also have some scrumptious starts this week. It's not all bad news. So let's get happy and let's tell everybody who we are excited to play this week. So meaty. What's not to like? Custard? Good. Jam? Good. Meat? Good. It is delicious. It's good for me. It's a perfect way to start the day. All right, Jake, we start with you. This one's a toughie. This one's a toughie, but uh, talk about it. I know it makes you both sad to hear me talk about anybody facing off against your beloved Pittsburgh Steelers. But for me this week, Devin Singletary is the hotness. Uh, it's not just about the the Steelers defense, even though they have been kind of bad against running backs and not necessarily bad. They've just been bad. <laughs> I was trying to soften the blow, but, you know, the worst finish that any running back has had against them, let's call at least a 1A running back, was last week when it was Brees Hall, and he was still RB16, and he's splitting time with Michael Carter and dealing with the quarterback change, and and that's the worst that's happened in in full PPR. Everybody else has been at least RB9 or better up to this point, uh, and that includes Damian Harris, running back four in week two. Now, I'm not saying that that's what Singletary is going to hit here. But I've been really impressed with his usage the last couple of weeks. Last two weeks, Singletary, he's averaged 80% of the offensive snaps and 70% of the backfield touches. So these concerns about James Cooks, you know, potentially Zach Moss getting in there, I think those were a little bit overblown now in retrospect. He also leads all running backs this season in passing routes, which is pretty interesting. He has had a good chunk of targets especially the last couple of weeks. He's had 16 targets in the last two games. That is real, real nice for any running back. And I just want to pull out this quote from Josh Allen that he had after last week's game. He said, I can't rave enough about who he is and what he does for this team. I urge everyone to turn on Devin Singletary's tape. I freaking love the kid. And you know what? I freaking love the kid this week against the Steelers. I'm playing him over Zeke. Antonio Gibson, and even touchdown man himself, CEH. Yeah, I'm fine with playing him over all those guys. Maybe not CEH, but Zeke and Gibson, I'm fine. My biggest worry about playing Singletary is that when the Bills destroy somebody, they get up real fast, and it's always with Josh Allen. He throws like four touchdowns. and goes up, and they're up by 40 points by the time you're midway through the third quarter. And then they just sit everybody. And then it's like, wow, like the running back is supposed to do so well when your team is killing someone, but it just never works that way with the bills because they then just sit everybody. 
so that's my biggest worry. The Steelers line, I think, is a uh, plus 14. So they're Ooh. that's massive. Yeah, they're projected to lose by a ton. And honestly, I'm not even saying that they'll come close to covering. The Steelers might not have a single starter in the secondary this week, which Kate will get to in a little bit. But so I fully expect the Bills to whoop up on the Steelers. That's my only concern with Devin Singletary. Is 21st might not get half the whole points game. Yeah, <laughs> for Devin right. Singletary. That's what you need. All right, Kate, who's your scrumptious start of the week? All right. So I, I kind of want to like actually flip the coin here. I'm going to stick with the same matchup, Jake. And I just want to get this entire team out of the way. Cause I don't want to ever talk about the Steelers ever again. Gabe Davis. I, apparently you guys yeah. talked about him. We last talk week. about him every week. Uh, so I'm so sorry. I was actually, uh, I, you know, I was going to talk about somebody else and I just like, I felt so strongly about this matchup against the Steelers that I just said, screw it like Michelle you mentioned the Steelers secondary we have to get into that like Cam Sutton groin hamstring Akella Witherspoon hamstring Levi Wallace foot Terrell Edmonds concussion Minka Fitzpatrick knee like that is the Steelers starting secondary like there is uh really nobody nobody healthy here and they don't have any depth no and so but like it's it is what it is but even with a lot of those starters on the field it's not like they've been solid against wide receivers like Minka Fitzpatrick having an incredible season but I would say all in all Steelers secondary not great against wide receivers uh have allowed 100 plus receiving yards and a touchdown to Jamar Chase Nelson Aguilar Amari Cooper all guys that can play throughout the outside and that's just through like four weeks that's three out of the four weeks um, and that's not even like talking about the accessory pieces that they're facing, like Jacoby Myers, 90 receiving yards last week, Corey Davis, Elijah Moore combined for 127 receiving yards. Like we, the matchup is perfect. I do think that like Gabe Davis last week coming back from an ankle injury first game back. It, like, I, I think this could be another week removed a, a little bit healthier and, uh, you know, we're, we're trending in the right direction, I think for in, in all cylinders, but if it's not the week for Gabe Davis this week, we're never allowed to talk about him on this podcast yes. again. If he does, yes. If he doesn't go off this week, like he really needs to, then he might not be playable for a while until he shows us something. Cause this is an amazing matchup and he should destroy the secondary and have some nice big plays. Uh, so yeah, we we have yeah, pro- but- we promise to never bring up his name again if he fails this week. But if he does good this week, oh man, we are going to talk about <laughs> him so hard. We're never going to shut up about him. <laughs> All right, my guy is Ramondre Stevenson, uh, Patriots running back. He goes against the Lions this week. Now, also Damian Harris kind of fits in right here too. Like I'm happy to start either. Damian Harris is a little bit more obvious as he feels a little bit safer. But Ramondre Stevenson, as of late, has been seeing more work. Last week, he got the most amount of touches he's had this year. He had 18 touches last week. Every week, it's gone up since week two. It's gone 10, 16, and 8, which is great to see. He had 14 carries last week. He's had 101 scrimmage yards in week three and then 89 last week. So it's nice to see his uses just going up. And the Lions are giving up the second most fantasy points to the running back position this year. 
And when running backs just get 10 or more scrimmage touches against the Lions, they score at least 12 fantasy points. It's been five running backs now through four weeks. We have Miles Sanders, J.D. McKissick, Antonio Gibson, Dalvin Cook, and Rashad Penny, who went off on them last week. But they all, those are the five guys that have had 10-plus scrimmage touches against the Lions this year. They've all scored at least 12 fantasy points with Penny having a fantastic game, Miles Sanders putting a big production. And Dalvin Cook was going to have, I feel like, a pretty massive game before his injury as well. And, you know, the commander's backfield is just not great. But the two did combine for 25 fantasy points in that matchup. So this just feels like a home run hit to me where you you have Stevenson, who's very safe to get you, I think, at least these 12 points, which at this point, 12 points from a running back in PPR league is like pretty much what you need to ask for. But he also has big upside in this matchup. So I'm starting him for sure. And also Damian Harris as well. Like I, I want to start both of these guys. Yeah, I was just about to say, I'm very confident slotting both into my lineups. Um, like I'm, I'm going to make some uh, best ball lineups with this or like weekly DFS lineups with both slotted in there because I really think they're both going to crush it. Like I'm starting both of them over Zeke Elliott pretty easily, both over James Conner, both over Jeff Wilson Jr. Like these guys that, yeah, maybe their workload's a little safer, at least when it comes to Zeke, but I don't care. Like Zeke Elliott's doing nothing. Give me someone that can at least do something with their touches, even if it's a bit fewer amount of touches. I'll take that in this great matchup. I think that's fair. Although, like, God, Zeke. I can't handle with Zeke. I'm so I have him in no league, so maybe this is why I'm so open to just be like, I don't want to play Zeke. I'll never play him. I never have to make that choice. So I get it. It might be harder if you actually have him. It's just who can handle that? Nice. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm going to help you handle that decision a little bit later on in this episode. Don't you worry at all. He had 22 touches last week and he got nine fantasy points in PPR league. And the reason he got nine fantasy points is because he got five of them from receiving like two catches for 32 yards. Like, Oh my, I cannot, I cannot with Zeke. I don't get it, but whatever. If you have him enjoy getting your nine points a game, Jake, (laughs) who's your second scrumptious start of the week? Uh, uh, this one's honestly, it's a little bit of a softball just at first blush, but Dallas Goddard, against the Arizona Cardinals this week is just a smash play. He is what I think we all need in this tight end wasteland right now, where Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, the only two have really done anything truly of note. There's been a couple of other guys that have been respectable, but what I love about Goddard, he has led all pass catchers, wide receivers included, in yards after the catch. It's averaging 12.8. That's the top of the list. He also has six catches of 20-plus yards. It's tied for third amongst all pass catchers. It's tied with Zach Gertz for the third most offensive snaps at the tight end position. He's out there. He's out there often. It's funny that he and Ertz are tied because the best thing for him was when Zach Ertz left that team last year. And now he's thriving. And the Cardinals' defense, for their part, they've given up the second most fantasy points and yards to opposing tight ends. That includes, by the way, a nothing game from Ian Thomas last week of the Carolina Panthers. So that's really even dropped that average down quite a bit. But the big reason for that is because the Cardinals are dominating against wide receivers and nobody can really do anything against them. The fact that Juju Smith-Schuster has basically led all 
uh, number one wide receivers against them. And week one is pretty staggering because they held Devontae Adams to two receptions for 12 yards and a touchdown. They held Cooper Cup to four receptions for 44 yards and no touchdowns. They're shutting those dudes down. So tight ends right now are really letting it loose. Hertz is going to have to rely on him a ton. I'm playing him over literally any tight end not named Travis Kelsey this week. Over Mark Andrews. Over Mark Andrews. Correct. I do love Dallas Goddard this week. I came into this doc to put his name down. And I saw you already created. I normally Ah. create the doc. But you already created it. I was like, he must have wanted a player. Like, what was going on here? I got to get Goddard in. (laughs) Anytime one of us creates the doc, either Jake or I, before Michelle gets to it, it's 100% because there's a name (laughs) that we're like, no, this is my player. There is no way you're taking it. So good to know that's that's the origin of this story. (laughs) Yeah. Now, I wouldn't play Goddard over Andrews, but after Kelsey and Andrews, then I'm good with Goddard. I'm with you there. I would, I, I actually do think that there's a chance Goddard outscores Kelsey this week. And I, I think that, I don't know, I, I honestly believe that like watching the tape and evaluating the stats and not just the fantasy points, but like these sticky stats, like yards per route run, like I, genuinely think Dallas Goddard's probably the most underrated receiving tight end in the NFL. Agreed. He's great. Pound for pound. Pound for pound. (laughs) All right, Kate, who's your second scrumptious start of the week? All right. So I'm going to go to a really icky name, but like one that's getting really no respect. And I think we actually need to talk a little bit about, but Josh Jacobs uh, going up against the chiefs this year, this week, just could you imagine if he just played the Chiefs every single week? That'd be so boring. Uh, or that'd be great for fantasy. But right now, guys, he hasn't played the Chiefs all year, and he's the running back nine. When? When? I have no idea. He ranks fifth in rushing yards, third in yards per scrimmage. And the Chiefs have allowed the six most fantasy points to running backs, have allowed three different running backs, at least 50-plus receiving yards in a span of four weeks. Like, Josh Jacobs is getting the touches. He ranks six in scrimmage touches among running backs. He's getting the yards. Like he's really just filling out this very complete role for the Raiders. And I think this is a good matchup. I think that um, it's going to be conducive to even needing to target him a bit, uh, especially like game script is going to dictate that they're going to need to throw the ball. So I'm in on Josh Jacobs and I think that, I don't know, kind of, kind of like my Miles, Sta- my Miles Sanders shtick, like a couple of weeks ago. Like, let's just show some respect. Yeah, I put some on respect him. on his name. So hard coming into this season, I was, I, I wrote him off entirely, like I did with Miles Sanders. So I need to get over my preseason bias a little bit and on board here. Yeah, I'm still not on board, but I get it. You know, you're not on board with him against the Kansas city. No, I am. I I'm on board with that. I am. He's probably an RB one this week. Like I, I would venture top 10 Yeah, because running backs suck. So he needs to score like 10 points and he'll probably get there. Okay. But does it matter? Does it matter? No. If all running backs suck, does it matter that he only scores? He's a good play. It's better than my play. I'm sure. So my third, my second scrumptious start. Okay. So it was just going to be Travis Etienne versus the Texans. But I chickened out a little bit. 
you know, I, I'm doing a disgrace to our name of Ballsy, you know, the Ball Blast podcast, and I'm adding in James Robinson. So I'm saying James Robinson and Travis Etienne versus the Texans because obviously James Robinson is getting the workload with this team. They they really love him, and he's doing a good job, and he's scoring fantasy points. So, You're doing amazing, sweetie. Well, he's doing a good job on certain plays and games. That's the thing. And he's doing a really bad job in many other plays and games. But he's doing enough for fantasy, which is all that matters. So you start James Robinson against the Texans. The Texans are allowing the most fantasy points to running backs in the NFL this season. It's why Austin Eckler was such a smash last week after, you know, he was struggling the first three weeks. And then he comes out and just looks like... uh, 2021 Austin Eckler against this defense. And I think the same thing's going to happen here. Like James Robinson's going to look great, but I also think Travis Etienne is a play this week. And the reason I bring up James Robinson, you know, struggling, although he's scoring fantasy points, when you look at running backs who have been stuffed the most, which means like tackled at the line of scrimmage or tackled for a loss, he has been stuffed at the highest rate among all running backs with 25-plus carries this season, talking about James Robinson here, Cam Akers is right behind him. So, like, Cam Akers has been so bad, right? But James Robinson has actually even been worse. So those two are, like, back-to-back. The difference – you're looking at one metric, though. Like, I would imagine – Well, I was going to say the difference is that, you know, Robinson's actually making some big splash plays as well. Yes, thank so you. when he's not getting stuff, he can break one and he can, you know, run for 20 yards for a touchdown. <gasps> That's the difference. James Robinson is Saquon Barkley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With way less speed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, with less speed and burst. But yeah, that's, you know, so that's kind of what he's doing this year. Anyways, he's getting, you know, stopping, 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 and then he breaks one, which with Acres is just stop, 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 stop. <laughs> and then he breaks one for maybe five yards, and you're like, oh my God, good job, Acres. You killed it. Thank you for getting five yards. Like, there's a difference there. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying James Robinson's worse than Cam Akers. Cam Akers is unstartable. James Robinson is a top 12 running back. Cam Akers is droppable. Yeah, probably for sure. But I'm just saying maybe there's a way to get Travis Etienne in this game a bit more. Etienne has been getting his touches up a little bit. You know, not not as much as you would want. But I think in this matchup, he's going to see plenty of work. Uh, even last week, it, it felt like, uh, you know, you're like, oh, well, Travis Etienne's touches went up in week three, and we hope that was a trend, but they went back down in week four. But they're right there with James Robinson. I mean, Etienne played 24 snaps, and you're like, wow, that went down from the week before. But Robinson only played 22 snaps. It's just running backs didn't really play much in that game because they're getting their booties kicked you know by halftime so it was just a hard matchup but I don't see that happening here so you start James Robinson obviously but I also think you start Travis Etienne if you're still holding on to Etienne and you're not starting him in this matchup then just drop him right there's no reason to hold him if you're not going to start him in this amazing matchup so I'm starting him playing him over Antonio Gibson over Zeke Elliott over Chase Edmonds over Mike Boone that people are excited about over the Falcons running backs I think he's very, very startable this week. A hot take, Mike Boone. <laughs> yeah, what's this called? The hedge of the week? I yeah. thought we were towards <laughs> Hey, I said in Gibson and Elliott and Edmonds, but also people. Get hedgy. 
people have used their priority pickup and all of their fab on Mike Boone. That's so true. if you're not going to start him, when are you going to start him? I'm just saying, don't get, don't be stupid. And never start Mike Boone, I think, is what we've decided on this podcast. He's going to run for at least 250. We're going to just have to cancel the podcast when Mike (laughs) Boone is like the offensive player of the year this year. (laughs) What's even the point of fantasy football at that rate? What is even the point of playing if that happens? So I agree. All right, let's get into our biggest phase of the week. Jake, your first guy we've been just destroying already on this podcast. So I think they already get it. But you can explain a little bit further. Could you beat our listeners over the head just one more time? (laughs) I'll give the abridged version of this trash talking towards Ezekiel Elliott this week going up against the LA Rams. I'll be honest, it's, it's not even really about the matchup with Zeke. I mean, it's not a great matchup against the Rams, but it's just more about what we've already talked. It's Zeke doing nothing. He's just doing nothing. And it's not like he doesn't even have volume because he does. He has the 12th most rushing attempts per game of any running back. And that's great. But it doesn't help when he's getting you half a yard per rush attempt. And he's 51st, 51st in targets amongst all running backs per game. By the way, Michelle brought it up earlier. All of his points that you got last week, it was 131-yard reception. A 31-yard catch. By the way, Zeke's total receiving numbers, receiving yards to this point, 27. He had a (laughs) 31-yard catch last week. He's still at 27 receiving yards on the season. That's why you don't start Zeke. You do not start Zeke until maybe when Dak comes back and has a game or two back in the offense and you see, uh, maybe they're gelling. Maybe he rises that tide. But until that moment, I'm not playing Zeke. Uh, I'm sitting in for Melvin Gordon for sure. Naheem Hines, as we talked about most Ooh. of the Thursday night cavalcade. JD McKissick, I'm sitting in for, and Rashad Penny. I'm I'm done with Zeke for this week. Wow, JD McKissick is a bold one. Kate but, from 2021, just, is that you? I just love this Kate <laughs> on Zeke. Like this, like just keep bringing it. I love it. He's also going to go off for 100 yards and two touchdowns this week, uh, for <laughs> sure. Just count it. Kate, who's your biggest fade of the week? Uh, I want to talk about Brees Hollow, who had a little bit of a breakout game, a mini breakout game, if you will. But uh, like finally, finally, finally got this like ideal um, workload that we all wanted to see right out of the gate. But Michael Carter was kind of a barrier there, but kind of worried about this matchup against the Miami Dolphins Uh, right now. Highest graded rush defense per pro pro football focus along the fifth fewest fantasy points to running backs per game. Brees Hall just had this report coming out. He's a little nicked up. Like everybody's a little nicked up at this point. But my question there is like, again, everybody's a little nicked up. So why are we bringing it up? Like I, I find it weird to call that out when everybody's nicked up. Like we hear it on hard knocks all the time. Like, this is the healthiest you're going to be all season. That's my Dan Campbell impression. <laughs> this is the healthiest, you, you know, like that. That's like the whole premise of playing football is that like you're never going to be healthier than you are at the start of the season. And I found that a weird call out. But so far this season, no running back against the Dolphins has exceeded 100 yards per scrimmage. No running back has exceeded 61 rushing yards. It took Joe Mixon 24 rush attempts to get there. Like, 
I do think this is just a good rushing defense. And Brees Hall, if he's really banged up, I'm not sure I'm buying that. I'll sit him for James Robinson, Jamal Williams, Khalil Herbert, Miles Sanders, like pretty much anybody. Well, no, those are all fair guys to sit Brees Hall for, right? Or Because I think all those guys are better. But a lot of people are in really difficult situations going into this week with running backs. So, like, if you're looking, honestly, like, people picked up Mike Boone to start him because they're struggling at running back. Like, a lot of guys have gotten injured or they haven't lived up to their name. So, I do think Brees Hall's startable, but I get you here where you're just saying, Fade him if you have better Fade him, ex- like, explicitly. And if you have to start Brees Hall, I get it. But this is one of these situations where if you have to play him, you need to go for upside. Brees Hall was almost my scrumptious start of the week. So this is interesting. Ooh. Uh, I, in what You're way? Do a I, in what way? Now, I didn't get to dig into him all the way because I didn't end up choosing mm-hmm. him. But yeah, let's do a bet. Like, let's say how many fantasy points? 12 plus in PPR? In full PPR for a guy that just got like 17 rush attempts? No, I don't think that's a very. Well, I mean, 12 points this year for running backs has been pretty fair. Okay, 15, uh, 14, 15, 14, 14 <laughs> PPR points, higher or lower? 13 and a half. Lower. Well, obviously you're going to go lower, but I'm saying, will you take that and we can yeah. bet on it? Okay, I'll take 14. Plus, we need to actually write these down because yeah, we make so I'm many writing bets. It down. Right, Thank write you, it down Jake. right now. Got it. I don't Locked in. Locked in. <laughs> All right. All right. I like it. All right. My fade of the week. It's a guy that, you know, might not sound like you're like, oh, like, why would you play him? There are some people who will try to play him. And I just want to put some caution into the wind here. It's George Pickens versus the Bills. Listen, I'm a Steelers fan. You all know that. And Pickens is a very, very good wide receiver. And I think he's going to have an excellent career. And yes, when Kenny Pickett came into the game last week, he did fabulous. He had four receptions for 71 yards with Pickett in the second half last week. He had just seven receptions for 96 total yards through three and a half games with Trubisky. So I get it. Like things are looking great for Pickens moving on with the season with Pickett as a quarterback instead of Trubisky. The issue is this matchup. They have to go to Buffalo, the best pass defense in the league, not only this year, but also last year. So it is a long trend now of them being a great pass defense and also a great scoring defense. Like teams just aren't scoring on them whatsoever. I think they're second this year. They were first last year. So it's just, it's not just, oh, they got lucky the first four weeks. No, they've been this good for a really long time. And the thing also with the Bills defense is they're the best at stopping the deep pass. So with Pickens, you're hoping for a big completion, right? Or a, a big play, especially in a game like this. And I just, I don't see that happening. So he's going to need so many targets in order to be viable for fantasy. And he's going to have to come down with those catches. And he's going to have to do something after catch. Like a lot of things have to work out for him to just be okay in this matchup. The Bills are allowing 150 passing yards per game this year. You split that up between these pass catchers. You don't get very much. And Kenny Pickett is going to be starting his first game in Buffalo against this defense. I am terrified. And I 
listen, if Pickens goes off, amazing. Then you have a stud on your team, but I'm not risking that in my starting lineup. Not on the road in Buffalo. Like this poor, poor young gentleman, tiny handed gentleman that we have in Kenny Pickett. Like, I'm sorry. If you could pick one place where you would not want to start your first career game, it's Buffalo. Yeah. Like yikes. And I, I mean, this, this team is not good. No. I like Pickett <laughs> for Pickens going forward. Like, I think it's, yeah. that's the best thing for him. But Pickett this for week, Pickens. Yeah. The old pick, Pickle Pickens, the, the, the Pickens connection. Uh, I like it going forward. I don't like it this week either. All right, Jake, what's your second uh, fate of the week? This is another guy. I feel like I have to do this every week. There's some name that's out there that people are too timid, too terrified to sit. I want to give you the assurance it is more than okay to sit DJ Moore this week against the San Francisco 49ers. It was okay to sit him last week. It was okay to sit him the week before. You know what? (laughs) If you've sat him any week so far, you've been happy for it. So Moore finally eclipsed 100 total receiving yards just in week four. Finally got there. He's had two red zone targets this far. You know why? Because Carolina is terrible. They don't get a lot of red zone opportunities. They're second to last in red zone attempts. Amongst all pass catchers, DJ Moore ranks 94th in average depth of target, 131st in yards per target and 195th in passer rating when targeted. How were all of those things true at once? If your average depth of target is that low, it should be so much easier for you. It's not. San Francisco's defense, no joke, allowing the fewest total yards per game and second fewest passing yards per game. Don't be fooled by an okay stat line from DJ Moore last week. He's not worth it. I'm sitting him for Jerry Judy, Jarvis Landry, and Robert Woods. If I had a bet that Baker Mayfield would complete either fewer than 10 passes in this game or more than 20. I am putting all of my money in my house on the under 10, which like having under 10 completions for a quarterback is a terrible game. But this, Oh my God, that's like Justin Fields territory. Yeah, this <laughs> matchup is so bad. And, you know, Baker's my dude and he looks so bad. The Panthers' offense is so bad. Matt Rule is so bad. And DJ Moore is so bad for fantasy. It's like, yeah, it's time to sit him, especially in this game. Honestly, like, you're not going to sit Christian McCaffrey whatsoever, but he this is a brutal matchup for him. It, it really is. But you're going to play him still. But definitely sit DJ Moore. Uh, Kate, who's your fate of the week? Second one. Jake, you already touched on this team a little bit, or this match up a little bit so I'm not going to go too far into it but you mentioned Zach Ertz and why you like to or uh you, you mentioned Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard and why you loved this matchup against the Cardinals so much and like why we hate it for the wide receivers like there's no way on earth you could pay me enough money to start Devonta Smith this week I feel like it's really hard to sit him even though he's one of these guys that isn't necessarily thought of as a top tier asset, but I mean, we've already seen the level of volatility this season, like literally zero catches for zero yards in week one. Then we have a week three performance, 169 yards and a touchdown, like then follows it up with a 17 yarder. I'm not going to test that up against a Cardinals defense. That's actually 
looking good against wide receivers right now. I just don't, I'm not going to play that game. I, I, I think that right now, AJ Brown is probably the wide receiver among any of them that I'm going to trust to have the, the strength and physicality to play through this defense. Yeah, it stinks because I really want Devontae Smith to come back and have a great game. I mean, it was two nice weeks in a row for him. And then a week one just dud, obviously, with zero yards. And last week was a big disappointment. Now it was in bad weather and they didn't really they didn't really do anything in the second half because they didn't need to. But this matchup does stink for him. I'm still like I'm not with you where I'm saying I don't see a world where I would play him. Like I'm okay playing him. I just don't expect a whole lot. But maybe the team focuses on stopping AJ Brown, which could allow more to go to Devontae. How do you feel, Jake? I am fully on team sit wide receivers against the Cardinals until we can see somebody really, truly break through that. Juju Smith's week one, I alluded to it earlier, was the best with like 70 yards. And that was just kind of, I think, more random. That's not in line with what I expect this week. So, yeah, I I just would prefer to avoid them. Okay. And then my last fate of the week is Jared Goff versus the Patriots. Jared Goff is the QB five this season in fantasy. Now I originally, I don't know if y'all heard me on the Chris Harris podcast I was on that was posted on Wednesday morning. I originally had Goff uh, ranked as my quarterback 12, which is pretty high, right? But I'm going to move him down a bit because this matchup against the Patriots, I'm just not loving. And the Lions offense is fantastic. They're leading the league in scoring and total offense and their defense is the worst in the league in scoring and total defense. So it's perfect for a fantasy quarterback. Like that's literally your dream. That's the dream. That's the dream. Cause they always need to be passing and they always need to keep trying to score. Jared Goff has been great, right? But he's been great in two out of the four weeks. It's just been two monster weeks and then two, not so good weeks like week one against a good Eagles secondary scored 16.5 points. And then in week four against the Vikings scored just 15 points. So weeks uh, two and three were fantastic, but they're against two bad passing defenses with the commanders and the Seahawks. I still like Jared Goff for this year in fantasy. Like he's going to have some big weeks. I just don't know if this is the one at the Patriots. I I expect the Patriots to run a ton. Because maybe Mac Jones plays. We'll see. He did practice in a limited fashion. But whoever the quarterback is, you can't have a ton of confidence in them this week, even if it's Mac Jones with the injury. So I expect him to run a ton, which is going to run out the clock a bit on the Lions for offense. And the Patriots defense has been solid against quarterbacks this year besides Lamar Jackson. But, like, everyone is solid besides against Lamar Jackson, right? So I don't really care about that. But against Aaron Rodgers, he scored 16 points. Tua scored 14 points. Mitch Trubisky scored 11. He doesn't really count. And then obviously Lamar had the huge week. But like, I'd, this is not the week to go out there and be like, I'm going to trust Jared Goff. Like, not what I want to do. I'm starting Trevor Lawrence or Carson Wentz over him if you need to uh, off waivers. Uh, and then obviously all the other studs. Yeah, that's sad because I wanted Jared Goff so bad. All I wanted was him to wreck everybody's fantasy uh, narratives coming into the season, and he's done that. But now to trust that going against Bill Belichick is kind of another whole deal, and I'm I'm not willing to get hurt that badly.
Yeah. I just wanted to point out that Jared Goff is doing exactly what I projected he would do last year. <laughs> and so is TJ Hawkinson. And I was just a year early. <laughs> Listen, TJ Hawkinson sucked so bad weeks one through three in one good week. Relax. That one. He's the Sammy probably- Watkins of tight ends. He's going <laughs> to have one monster week. That one good week will make him a top 12. I was going to say, like, no matter what, but literally rest of season, he could literally sit his butt on my couch rest of season and not touch a football ever again and still be a tight end one. Oh my goodness. All right. That's it for the scrumptious starts in the phase of the week. Uh, let's finish up with some help me make my lineups decisions for your flex real quick before we end out this show. So we got four here. Let's go with one. I know you guys just assume no one's considering this, but there are some people in a Dire needs, okay? Kate, not all of our teams are stacked, apparently, like yours. You got Mike. 14 and 2. Mike. Two oh, my gosh. Mike Boone versus the Colts or Tyler Algier versus the Buccaneers. Which one are you going with, Jake? I'm going with Algier only because I presume to know what his role is much more than Mike Boone. Boone has a better matchup, but I'm going with Algier here. Yeah, I'm going with Algier. It, I, I just feel safer with this workload. Mike Boone's literally a complete dart throw. At least the Falcons, they rank fifth in rushing attempts among all teams this year. Like, I'll, I'll roll with those odds, even if it's not entirely efficient. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I'll go with Algier. Rashad Penny versus the Saints or James Robinson versus the Texans. So Penny, you know, was kind of stinky. From weeks one through three, had a monster week in week four. The way you said that makes it actually sound like he smells. (laughs) I don't know why. He gets a much harder matchup this week than he had last week against the Saints. Or are you going with a great matchup for James Robinson? Yeah, I'm leaning into that Robinson matchup going with the scrumptious start there. Rashad Penny loved, loved that he could do something in week four. That's nice, but I can't rely on that. I mean, James Robinson just has that ideal matchup and he's getting the work. So... James Robinson. I'll go with James Robinson too. Do you change your pick if I were to ask ETN versus Penny? No. You're still sticking with ETN? Oh, sorry. No, I stick with Penny if you swap it out. I would go with ETN still. I would not feel nearly as confident though. Yeah. 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 I I, I just wanted to. Could you imagine if we could time morph this conversation to preseason version of us where we were like, Travis ETN, RB1. <laughs> you don't have to remind people, Kate. Like you don't have to remind people of our failures. All right? so I already reminded them that I was so on point with this Jared Goff <laughs> two years so. ago. Two years ago, <laughs> uh, Daryl Henderson uh, versus the Cowboys or Mark Ingram versus the Seahawks. Obviously, a lot of this depends on Alvin Kamara being healthy or not. But let's say Alvin Kamara is limited. He does. Let's say he does play. If he plays, I'm still going with Mark Ingram. It's whoever's on the other side of the Rams running backs right right now. Like, I can't can't trust any of that. You know how I was talking about the stuff percentage and about how Cam Akers was second highest with 32% of his runs being stuffed? Daryl Henderson's stuff percentage is 5.9. You're (laughs) looking at 
33% to 5.9. And Sean McVay is like, give me that Cam Akers. Yeah, somebody somebody text him that stat, please, and have him put the dude out there instead of elevating Malcolm Brown for like I get it. It's not the only stat, but it literally is for Cam Akers because he isn't doing anything else. Like that's all he's doing is getting stuffed or getting a yard or two if he's not getting stuffed. It's like, just play Daryl Henderson and let us have at least a fantasy option. I'm not even saying Henderson's amazing, but he's way better than Cam Akers. I just thought of a funny tweet. Okay. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> well, nobody knows what it really is. Give me behind a follow. the curtain here, folks. Yeah, this is a, uh, no, this is how the magic happens. Follow me on Twitter <laughs> at FFBallBlast. To figure out what I just Oh my goodness. I guess tweet. we're all going to have to go look at her tweet. Uh, I will go Mark Ingram as well. Especially such good marketing. If Kamara is out, then this is a smash Mark Ingram. Mm-hmm. If, oh, Kamara... I smashed Mark Ingram last week and it didn't work out. Okay, that's how it, I didn't know where you were going. That's why you weren't on the podcast. <laughs> all right, and last one. Garrett Wilson versus the Dolphins or Rashad Bateman versus the Bengals. Now, there was news that Rashad Bateman's a bit uh, banged up, but I, I think he'll be fine. But so let's say Rashad Bateman's fully healthy. Are you going with Bateman or Garrett Wilson? Uh, this is sad for me because I have loved Rashad Bateman a lot, but I am going to go with Garrett Wilson, even with the down week last week with Zach Wilson being in there. Cincinnati's been pretty ferocious against wide receivers, and I'm not inclined to trust Bateman this week. Kate. I'm going with Bateman. Like the Ravens just look too good. I do think Lamar Jackson, like he, he just, he's playing well. He's passing well. Forget last week. The Dolphins are giving up a lot of fantasy points to the wide receivers. Uh, I think fifth most, if I'm remembering correctly, it's somewhere up there. But And they've allowed 43 plus fantasy points to wide receivers in each of the last three weeks. I think one of these Jets wide receivers is going to have a really good game. And Garrett Wilson's the most talented out of the bunch. So I would bet on him. See, I thought you were going to say like, I'll like one of these guys is going to break out. Garrett Wilson is the most talented, so of course it's going to be Corey Davis, who has a great (laughs) feet. I mean, Corey Davis just keeps doing his thing, so probably. But that is it for our show today. If you have any questions before the game start this weekend, hit us up on Twitter. You can find me, Michelle, at Bob Blastem, Bob Blastem. You already know where to find me because uh, you have to go check my Twitter for my tweet. That's at... at- wow, <laughs> embarrassing. <laughs> wow. You All this were- hype. Well, you All just thought you were hype. so cool and that's what just happened. Tell them where to find you, Kate. At FF Ball Blast. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find me retweeting whatever damn tweet Kate puts out <laughs> at Jake Trowbridge with a W. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye. Bye.